Amen. Good. All right. We just want to finish up on where we started with measuring, okay? In, 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 in our father's book on the mega church, it's numbering, how to measure church growth. And he talks about numbers. And I think it's very important. You must, as I started to say this morning, isn't it? You must count things. Are you there? Count things. Count. And when you count, you don't just count, but you count with an aim in mind. One of the constant fights I have with the people in my house is that, I mean, if you know that there are five tins of milk and you are removing one every day, why did you wait till the last day to come and say it's finished? Uh-huh. So it means you are numbering, oh, but you have not also added the consequence of that numbering. The consequence of the exactly is that, oh, so it means that by Wednesday, I should be telling mommy that it's get exactly, exactly. It's not enough to say I've numbered and there are enough things for the week. It's not enough. Amen. It's not enough to just number your church and say 100 of us came to the camp. You did well. 60 of us came to the camp. But look a little closer. Who are those 100? It will also give you information. Hello? Are you with me? Look a little closer. Maybe you will find out that in the 400 who came, 350 were by center leaders. Then you know that you didn't affect your church at all. Are, are you getting me? The number may sound good, but look a little closer. In that number of 400, this number of center years, this number of this, this number. It will give you so much information about which you are able to do something. Amen. And that's why we're going to be looking at some very important numbers because as you get those numbers, they give you information that helps you. But before we get to that point, let me just finish what I started on, the dangers of counting. And I shared with you about how one of the dangers is that you will be pressurized to try to impress people. And that's why people falsify their data. Are you listening to me this morning? Uh, or it's afternoon, eh? This afternoon. Please, 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 no matter what you do, never falsify your data. Is that okay? Hello? I understand your pressure. You are trying to impress people, you see. I have a page, and on this page, the campuses that are moving put their attendance. And sometimes the amount, the number is not good. Maybe you were this number last week and this week was not good. And I really respect those who write that number there. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. You know, every once in a while, we all have a bad Sunday. Oh, every once in a while, the thing is, <laughs> but I think that it's a very good, or I think you are somebody with a good character. To be able to know that other people are seeing the figure. And last week you were 200. And this week for reasons that you don't know, you were 70. And you write the 70 there. Are you here? A person not given to wisdom will say, hey, look at how the church is finishing. It's not, you leave the 70 there. Keep on writing. One day you will take it and you will suddenly discover that in the second week of every month, this thing happens. I hope you get what I'm saying. You see, if you covered it by a lie, the point will be lost to you. Are you with me? 
And very often, when you know why a number is not good, you are not worried. It's when you don't know. My church divides by, is it two or three? During the long back. Two to three. Two to but I know that it's because it's vacation. Am I worried? Uh-huh. I hope you understand. So when you know that there's a reason, you're cool. But if you had not put the correct figure there, 200, 205, 70, 209, 300, 200, this, 65. Then you see the pattern in the thing. And you begin to, uh-huh. what is it that happens? Then you discover that something. The purpose. Hallelujah. So there's a purpose. Amen. So do not, do not be pushed to impress anybody. Chief Elders, I have a meeting with you after when we, um, when we close the session. Amen. Never be ashamed. You are, look, our purpose is not, look, God is not impressed though. God is not impressed at all. Amen. And we come from a ministry where every church you see, we have built it from the ground up. There's, we don't have any church that we split somebody else's church to grow. We don't have, at least if you meet a proper pastor, bona fide pastor, here, a UD pastor, we didn't break someone's church to build our churches. So when you put the figure there, we understand how you feel. Are you here? When you are there at your bus center, you see, and if you are a bus center, uh, what do you call it, a center overseer, and you don't have a record of how your bus centers are doing, you're not serious yet. And the person who keeps on having two, three, two, three, that person is not blasting you use. My goodness gracious me. Don't blast the person. Call the person. This figure, what's going on? Enter inside. You go with the person to go and do the outreach and see whether there will be a change. Even visiting that center will tell you something. You are very quiet suddenly. Now that I'm dialing your number, you are not. Yeah. Because sometimes there's something there. I have gone to visit some people. I've told them that, look, this location that you have, the church will never grow. Do you know why? You are the one who wants to save God. The average church member coming, he doesn't have such a mind. As he's coming to church, he's coming for happiness. What? Anointings blessings. So, the sacrifice you are ready to make, he's not ready to make it. You say, I come teach you, keep your church under canopy. Pray about it. If you don't take care, the church will finish under your ISIS. <laughs> because a canopy is a very uncomfortable thing. Oh, but mommy, your church was under canopy. Please. Please. Be serious. Be serious. You see, because even when we were on canopy, they, under, they could see their deliverance. They knew what needed to happen. They knew that it's just for a matter of time. But you, you have carried me to the wilderness. You have put me under, under canopy. That every week I should be coming to sit under this hot canopy. And I should share with you the worry that it should not rain. I will not share such a worry. I'm going to sleep. That's, the mind, that's not the mind of your leaders or your workers. That's the mind of your members. Are you with me or you have traveled? So sometimes, even in the choice of place, you have disturbed your... Some of you, as you are sitting here, you have run away from some places because of how it is, you know. So this place. <laughs> hey! 
We brought some red canopies to my church. I got a text. I mean, this red canopy, if it doesn't vanish, the human beings who sit on it will, are the ones who will vanish. It's, I think it arrived. It was up for only twice, and that's the end. Number two, we're talking about dangers of counting. Self-deception. Hey! Self-deception and complacency. It is easy to deceive yourself if you use the wrong counting method. And our father says something here that he says, I heard one minister say the whole area outside the building was full. People were sitting under canopies. And this is how he's judging his church growth. But if the room is a little something and there's a canopy outside, it's still not very significant. Even if the canopy is full. So count, count, count the numbers. Don't deceive yourself. Amen. Romans 12, 3. When you see it there, you start reading. Romans 12, 3. For I say, oh, I have, let's hear you read. Romans 12, 3. Ah. Romans 12, 3. Take it again. Romans. So every man that is among you. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought. Yes. Soberly. The measure of faith. Think soberly. Amen. Don't tell lies to yourself. I know a lot of brothers who say that they are very good looking and it's not true. But I also know an even larger number who say that I'm very ugly and it is also not true. It's also not true. Think of yourself soberly. Are you there? A lot of sisters who say that I'm a diva. It ain't true. You ain't no diva. You're just you. Hey. Are you here? But the Bible says think soberly. Think, think soberly. Amen. Don't deceive yourself. Hallelujah. Wow. Another thing that can happen, another danger of counting, and this is a very real one, I tell you. They are all real, but this one is probably the one we face the most, and it is discouragement. Discouragement. Have you not come in? Let me ask those who preach. Have you not come in feeling that, oh, today was a pretty good day, and there were people, then at the end of the service, then you ask the Asher, so how many people came today? And when they give you the figure, I said, no, 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 no. That figure cannot be correct. Ah, the figure can't be correct. How? The whole place was full. I mean, how is it that you are saying that? What, what is this that you are saying? It's what I mean. You said, look, you didn't count properly. No, you didn't count properly. You Asher, I don't like the thing that you are doing. <laughs> and did you ask those who came that when I was preaching? Did you ask those who came? Brighter, brighter, sister, sister, sister. Hey, they are give. They say they ask. At what point? Did you count? <laughs> hey! Are you there? I think this one, we know it. Hey! At a point in my church, I had secret counters because when they bring me the figure, I said, no, 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 no. This figure, I died. No, no. I'm so sure it was better. I'm sure they didn't count well. Then I had somebody sitting there and as I, he would just get some signal and then he would get up. I'm going to do his own counts. Of course, I was like, ah, how? How they will have a meeting now? Say, ah. Look, they counted the thing before first offering. People hadn't come. 
People didn't come and they counted. Hey, hey, look. When I was preaching, I saw some four people come. I'm sure they didn't add them. Hey. <laughs> I saw some people leaving. They didn't add them. Look, they left. Hey. Listen. Listen. Let me share something with you. Counting in your church, eh? It's like when you make a decision to lose weight. You don't, you don't, wait, allow me. You don't count, you don't measure your weight daily. No, 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 no. Please, Dr. Mary, what I'm saying, is it true or is it not true? Eh? We say we want to lose weight, then we are monitoring the thing daily. What will happen to us? It's, I will be what, depressed? Please, give us head there. This is a bona fide nutritionist. Uh-huh. PhD, nutrition. Yes. Eh? What will? Yeah, so um, when you check your weight every day, actually what happens is that even if you check your weight in the morning and in the evening, sometimes it varies. Because, so sometimes you can be maybe 65 in the morning. As soon as you eat, maybe 400 grams will be added. So you will think that um, I've actually gained just by... In, a, in an hour or two, but it's just because of what you are eating. But usually, um, when you check after every week or after every two weeks, you can see significant progress and improvement. Otherwise, you forgot that this particular, you drank water, you ate and you drank water. Meanwhile, you're the type four balls of cake, you have added a solid kilo. Ah, you were telling me about somebody who did something like that. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> so... <laughs> So I run an online consult. People come to see me to lose weight. So I got this particular client. Her weight was around. Please listen. Her weight was around 120 something. <laughs> so um, so you realize that there's somebody who has been trying to lose weight. So she started. So in the morning. Quiet. So I reviewed her. We worked on the diet plan and everything. So in the evening, I have a WhatsApp group that I use. Um, I put all of them together to monitor and all that. So I was there when, ah, all of a sudden, I went offline for some time. When I came, she had left the page. And usually people don't like to leave the page because I think it's an exciting place to be. Then, um, she, then she just sent me a message that I quit. Then I'm like, oh, but you just started this morning. I'm not sure what has happened. So, um, what has happened? So I actually, because um, it's a brand I'm building, I'm very careful with how I deal with the people and all that. So I wanted to probe because you've quit. I could have said, that, okay, if you are going, you can go. But I really wanted to know what was happening with her. Then she said, that, oh, in the morning, I did this, I did that, I did that. And in the evening, I went away. I had gained one kilo. Then I'm like, ah, but you had eaten dinner as you were checking the weight. Then she said, yes. Then I'm like, only your dinner, breakfast, lunch, dinner. It's very normal. So the following day, I told her that I know what I have done. And I know the restrictions I've placed on your meals. Tomorrow morning, before meals, check your weight and see. At least the following day, she had lost by 0.1. And 100 grams. So at least, you see, 0.1 in seven days is like 0.7 loss. And that's an encouragement. In two, in two weeks, it's like 1.4. Wow. In a month, it's like 0.7 Ooh, times 4. You see, so if you measure... Um, if I you hope measure you understand the point. <laughs> If you measure in four weeks, at least at you will least. see that you've lost about 2.8. Yeah. And that's encouraging than for you to measure. But here she was. She day. had measured in the morning. Then <laughs> yes. she went to also measure in the, the evening. evening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then she was so discouraged that yes. she left the page. Left. And she said to her, I've quit. Hey. And some basenta leaders. 
They have sent a message to their chief elder. I quit. Because, you see, thank you very much. You have to give the thing some time also. You are also learning. You didn't know anything about Basenta. You didn't know anything about Basenta leadership until, I mean, you have been at it for two weeks. For three weeks. No, it's just like somebody who has eaten lunch and weighed herself. If you give a little time, it will work. It will work. Are you here? You see us, you see us that we have gathered here. This is not my first camp. I've had camp six people. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Our first camp, I you see, were how many? About 20 people. Even that one, talking be what? Boston. Because I, I had to show them a film in the night. Hey, for them to stay, Niger, my yes, Anka, hey, had to use all kinds of methods. Yeah. So you to go and gather yours, the 20 crampo is plenty. I've had come just a few people. Just a few people. Are you sure I must go camp with 20? Ah, I have some small a picture of a group of us. We were not many. Some group be like that. We're not more than 10. Small room. It's a camp. Are you here? It's a camp. I didn't measure my anointing by that camp. It's just a start. So don't allow discouragement. Allow me to take time because many of you, yes, you are measuring, but you are measuring yourself and to discouragement and exit. Hey. You have left the page. Tell your neighbor that you have left your page. Have you weighed yourself in the morning, weighed yourself in the evening. You say you have gained a kilo. It is not physiologically possible to gain a kilo in a day. If it is there, it's because water, something passing through. It's not, it's not your weight. One kilo. What are you eating? Magic drops. <laughs> oh, you don't know. You see that when she's calling the figures, it sounds small. Point one, hundred grams. You're like, what? But you see that she added it up. That's how it actually works. So you are there not one kilo in a day. Ah, I would rather say the, the weighing scale has gone mad. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So don't be discouraged. Let our countings be real. Let it be real. Then you put it down and you look at it and it will tell you something. I have people today who have nice centers. But when they started, husband said, no, no, it wasn't anything. Yeah. Wow. Now, there are also advantages of counting. You know, we've done the disadvantages. What were the disadvantages? Number one, the pressure to impress and lie and exaggerate. Number two, self-deception. Are you there? And even complacency. Number three, discouragement. But there are advantages. So let's look at the advantages. The first one. Numbering lets you know where you are. Exactly where are you? You will know it by numbering. Are you there? You know, if you don't know where you are, you can't know where you are going. Uh -huh. You may want to know. You may want to go back. You may want to even know how, but you can't get there. I'm always reminded of the first time I entered a South African mall alone. It's a Ghana our malls, and they are very small. You can't get lost if you even try. <laughs> oh, you can't get lost. I'm telling you, please. Look, if even you, you just, you know, you, 
So, I went to this morning essay thinking that I was in a Ghana mall. And I was dropped somewhere. And I was told that we'll pick you up here. I said, wonderful. I will meet you. And I spent some time moving through. I'm not a shopping person. So when I enter such places, I have my gig. I'm going to do this, 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 and I'm done. So I went through. When I finished, I now headed in what I expect was I thought was the direction. Ah, what I was expecting to see was not what I was seeing. I said, "What?" So I now said, "So, so now there was a problem. I didn't know where I was. If you don't know where you are." You can't find where you are going. So after standing, you see, and in those malls, they have uh, maps, you know, that you can, but where you are, you don't know. So where's the map? What's the use of the map? You know, where, which, that was exactly the point, which floor? <laughs> so I made a decision. And my decision was that, okay, I don't know, you see, if you are going to a, a, any building, I beg you, the top is fixed. The under is not. It's here in Ghana that we end on ground floor. But if you joke in some places, you have ground floor, basement one, basement two, basement three. Before you are where you are not where you are. So I said, okay, at least the top is fixed. So I entered the lift. I pressed there. Okay, now I know that I'm on this floor. Okay, so if I'm on this floor, usually when you exit the lift, all these maps are around. So since I have exited, there must be a map. Then I found my map, Charlie. When I now inspected the map, I realized that, look, I was... Oh! I was not anywhere near where I wanted to be. Yeah. <laughs> are you understanding me? So I knew the person coming for me. I knew the car. I knew where they are going to meet me how to get there. I had to first find where I am. That's a number. As you are here saying that I want my center to be 50, what is your average? I'm not asking you what you were last Sunday or your highest. What is, where are you? And based on that, where are you? We will now know how to get where we are going to. Hey. Amen. Yeah. So numbers are excellent. They will always tell you where you are. Always. Number two. Numbers help to check numbering. It helps to check backsliding. Numbering helps to check backsliding. There is something called the law of degeneration. If you just leave things, they will spoil. And it's usually a number. The numbering is what will alert you to it first. You see, if we just close up this hall, we don't do anything, the hall will, de will degenerate. The chairs will tear. The equipment will stop working. There will be holes and things. Why? Because the law of degeneration is normal. Things go towards spoiling. Are you here? So when you keep on numbering, it's almost like you keep on Checking something. Let's look at the scripture. Proverbs 7, 
verse 23 and 24. Proverbs 7, 23, 24. Be thou diligent to know the state of your flocks and look well to your heads for riches are not forever and that the crown endure to every generation. Yeah. Look diligently. Look well. Count them every day. How many females? How many males? How many pregnant females? Which ones are not well? Count them. Look diligently. You see, numbering really helps you. Because you can have a flock of 20 sheep and you will never have one lamb. Four males. 20 boys, they will never deliver one child. <laughs> That's why it says, know the state of your flock. That's why I was asking you that. The people who have come, who are they? Who are they? You say that you have had a convention. Nowadays, please, first love, we have salvation rallies. But I say you are doing a convention. Who are they? The room was full, but who are they? When we go and look, only your basenta leaders. Your church has not been blessed. Your church has not been blessed. And soon you will fall into trouble. You want to know why you fall into trouble? If it's only made up of leaders, where are the babies? Where are the babies? Oh, you don't understand what I'm saying? Yes, you had a good convention. But they were all center by CS by center leaders. Where are the babies, the members? What it means is that in a couple of years, that church will run into zero. There are no babies. The adults, they have died or left. Ah, but says, don't you finish school? When you finish, don't you go? And there was no child coming who will now come up. Yeah. Number three. Numbering stimulates growth and generates a new vision and compassion for the lost. Numbering stimulates growth. If you have a right spirit, when you look at the thing, you say, no, I have to grow. I have to come out of this. Are you there? So it makes you seek God more. As you are looking at the thing, you are seeing that. So instead of being discouraged, let it lead you back to God. Let it lead you back to seeking him. Let it lead you back to getting, trying to get out of those small numbers. And then number four, it's a valuable tool to monitor the entire church. So not just one church, not just one center, not just one campus, but the entire church. We are monitored by numbering. Amen. It helps us to know what's going on in a given place. Let's look at some important numbers that you must have. And I'm going through quickly. Go and find the book and read it yourself. You must have the number of people who are physically present at the gathering service on Sunday. The number. Are you there? who is physically present. This is the best number to use to see how things are progressing. The next one is to know the number who is present at a center service because for us in First Love, center services are what have replaced the weekday service. Are you there? So it tells you something about how, how, how strong is that church? How strong is that campus? 
How many centers are there? Any campus you have only one center, it's a sign to you that you're just beginning. It's a sign that you're just beginning. Is that okay? And usually, it's also a sign that you're only reaching people in a small portion of the campus. Because usually, people don't go very far for a center service. That's how it is designed to be. Are you with me? So if you have only one center, then it means that what's happening to the people in all the other places? And that's why you should start thinking about another center. Amen? Tuesdays, when we do gather, we use them for training. And you should be interested in the number of people who come there as well. Because it's a sign to you how many workers you have, how many people are interested in the work, and how many are being taught. You are there or you have traveled? Yeah. It's just a sign of the workers that you have. So if the, work, if the church is full, but when you call the workers meeting, you have five people, you know you're in big trouble. And I've seen churches like that. Not necessarily UD churches. The number of people who come for fasting and prayer sessions. <laughs> mm. It's also there. The number of people who answer when our, fathers, our father calls. They're very quiet. When our father calls us to a camp, how many people come from your campus? That figure is an indication of how tied to or not tied to you are to the church, to, 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 the, to, the, to the father and the vision that we have. So when you have our father calling us mountain of the Lord's camp and then there's a campus that doesn't come, that's a bastard. Doesn't have a father. Yeah, as a church, it's a bastard church. Or only two or three come. You have a church, but when you ask them to come, I'm not talking about, you see, sometimes there, we are students, please. Obviously, when you are doing exams, you can't leave your exams and come. But usually it is placed where there are no exams. And yet, the figures can be very telling. So when you have a church, our father is calling us and they don't come. What does it mean? What does it mean? A child whose father is calling the child, the child doesn't come. What does it mean? That's a bastard. That's a rebel. A bastard is a fatherless child. Hey, you are very quiet. Yeah. It's a very important figure. I always look at, there's no church that does not respond to the summons of our father and is doing well. Not one. Not one. They have a few people in the campus there. They call it a church. Some few people. Few people. Yeah. So the whole campus, then some few people. There's not one. Not one. And it's the same, whether it's a campus or it's branches, because on UD we also have some branches that they, can, they cannot be called. And it's not money. It's no nothing. Yeah. It's, 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 it's what is going on there. Hey, the church has become quiet. Oh. Uh, we don't have money. You see, it's not money. It's not money. Because in the church, the currency that we work with in the church is faith. And even before faith, it is desire. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, 
believe. So when you come with your excuse that we don't have money, I, I don't know which campus has been selected and put aside that only Ohiafu, Ohiafu Abi, only the poor people's children go here. Yeah. Oh, Pastor, you don't understand my story. You see, as I'm here, I every story you have, we can match it times 20. You are there. You say that in my church, oh, five people don't have fees. I have at least 50 of them in my church. 50 Christ small. This among those who are even serious in the church. Who how to pay fees. We must pray. They are here. They are here in the camp. They are here. They are here. And I didn't pay for them. They have learned how to get a desire. Yeah. And let that desire begin to work. So when you come and you come and start saying it's because I, I don't even work with it. Yeah. Yeah. Are you here? We used to be in Tamale. We would bring more people to Shepherd's Camp than people in Accra. To a camp in Accra. It's desire we used to work, not money. Yeah. Oh, you see, it's my cause. Please don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. There's no cause you are doing that is new. Rocket science, maybe. But all the rest, they have been here. We have seen medical students who are in it. We have seen nurses. Who, look, there are nurses who use their roster and their work schedule to never be in something. And there are also others who have a roster and they are in the meetings. What's the difference? Desire. And they go to work. They are very good workers. So it's, it's a desire. So when I'm there, you bring me two names from where you are. It's you. It's you. You don't know what you're about. And you don't know that you have a father. And you don't know that when your father calls, you say, yes, daddy. You say, yes, daddy. And you go. The church is very quiet. You see, when you see some of us coming, it's not for lack of something to do. It's not lack of something to do. Some of you think that's because we are free. I was here last week. My father was calling. I, my fa I cannot be here. My father is calling. I will not go. And I arrived here. Brother, did we not have... Ah. Give him a microphone. How many weeks did you work on that conference? Last year. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> um, we started uh, preparing for a conference mm. in uh, Diyanquanta since last year. How many times have you gone to Diyanquanta? Last year I was there four times to prepare, just to look for a date. We have to negotiate with the people how to have date for a conference. And the date was confirmed for me and we booked the, the conference for that particular date. When Did you go around to pastors? Yes, I visited, I visited pastors. Share letters to them. We 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 confirmed where the date uh, the conference will be held. Yes, everything, everything booked. Even we actually look for hotel where we will be lodging. Everything. When this year, um, the conference came up, Hamatan conference came up. Mommy said, "Said go and negotiate the dates again, because she has to be in that conference. Not that she cannot." Not at all, but she has to be there. So I have to go back 
to tell them, oh, we cannot make Do it. Do you think the pastors were happy with him? Not at all. Not at all. But I don't know where you are from, oh. But me, I ain't no bastard. I got a father. Yes. Yeah. And when my father said, it's not today. Not it's been my yeah. life from today. Yeah. Not today. For us, the cancellation of a, a conference, not only do we have a whole town of pastors who are not happy with us, it's also <laughs> our life, we depend, we live on the books. Yeah. So it means that even our ability to pay ourselves that month has I'm been affected. Paid, yeah. Do we care? Not at all. He has never written me a letter that, look, mommy, this conference that uh, you are counseling, you need to understand that it's the first conference in February. Do you know that? You see, January, the way it was, we're fasting, pray. We, we didn't do COVID. We don't have money. No my money pocket is not. Look, my wife is not happy with me. You know, January is a month when we are there. I've never received such a letter from him. Never received such a letter. Never. As soon as I said him, okay. Yes, please. We're on it. It's done. And it's working. And they've accepted a new date. Yeah. yeah. They have to. <laughs> yeah. However, we have also had times when, as we have gone back, the people have refused. We yes, please, yeah. Like, who do you think you are? After we've said everything, you say that your father is calling you, I'm, it's okay, don't come. Ah. You remember the worst situation yeah. that we have? Yeah. Till today we are in it. But it will not make me change my mind. It's you who doesn't know what it means to have a father. Do you know that a street child suffers? Suffers, hasn't got a mother, hasn't got a father. Yeah. And when you see a street child does not understand why, when the father of a, a, a child with the father, when the father is calling, say, hey, Daddy, hello, Daddy, I'm missing it. They, they don't understand. Then they stand and say, Dada, man. Oh, you see, in this, our nation where we call good things bad and bad things good, we have elevated the standing of an ejaba. What you don't know is that that thing is not pleasing to God. God ordained that father should take care of their children. But because it has been so neglected, in order to survive, it has become almost like Charlie, a brand of goals like Charlie, me a jabba. God did not intend that you be an ejaba. His intention was that you be a dadama. Yes, and that's why in the absence of a father, he says that I will be your father. I will be the one. Yeah, I will be the one. So let us not elevate what is not supposed to be so. Yeah, it's not supposed to be so. But the thing is that when you haven't had a father, you don't understand that. You don't understand it. You don't understand. When you haven't had or when you have rebelled against him or when he has also thrown you out or whatever. So instead, eh, see that God has given you a father and learn how to behave like a child. Because when you behave like a there are only there are some things, it's only people who behave like children who get them. Only. I have adult children who are married. Their younger brother says that they have not. <laughs> their younger brother says that you people, you don't understand that you made a vow to live and to cleave. What are you still doing here? <laughs> or you don't understand the point. But you see, the reason is that they understand what it is to be sons with their father. So they said, actually, we won't struggle in life. We are married, but we are not struggling. No, no, no. We are not struggling at all. It's not a problem at all. My family is still alive. I've arrived. This is what I need, and this is what I need, and that is what I need, and this, yeah. Yeah, he's still my father. I have
have a son who is a missionary. He's moving from one town to another. He's supposed to move on Saturday. Charlie, it's almost like his father is moving with him. So, we have, so have you found a truck? So when is the truck driver coming? Okay, so have you packed everything? So when you go, what's going on? So where is the house? Okay, you are going to the town. Let me see the pictures of the house. Let me see. Hey, really? So if you do this, what can you do? Hey, he had to give his job up to move to that town. So as you are going, because he has got a father. When you don't have a father, Charlie, you will come out. Rain will beat you. You will get the truck. The truck driver will get angry with you. He break down on the road. You'll be standing there. You get to the place when you get there. The land, landlord has said, I won't give you the house. You, be, you look. You don't have look. You can just be. You, <laughs> you can be so hot. You are there with your wife, your child, your things. The landlord has done. But when you have a father, the person is walking with you, tracking with you. They, hey, you don't understand. I'm trying to explain it so that you are in words you can understand. When we came here, we were on our way back to. Um, Kumasi, I don't like phone calls at all. It's something I don't like. Forgive me, but I don't like them. As we we're going, the father was driving. He said, Call him, call him. Not call him with his credit line. Mm-hmm. Call him. Call him. <laughs> because as he's driving, I don't want to wait until I get to Kumasi. Put it on speaker. So as I'm driving, yes. So you said what? So when you went, how? They've said what? So when? So what? Have they given have they said have they done this? Have they what is happening? A father is watching over his child. But when you are a street child, when they call, you say, no! These people again. Why did they disturb us like that? Ah, I don't have time to be answering calls. What's this? Come, go, come, go. Every day you are calling me. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, we are here to do the work. Did you not leave me to go and be me? Ah, you don't understand. You don't understand. You have a father who has told you, go out there. Go and do basenta, basanta, batenta, center. Then he calls and says, Come. Come, come, let's come. Let us talk to God about this. Come. How are you? That prayer session all was for us. It was not for our church. Oh, it was for your church. Ah, personal. As I've sent you to go and do the work. Come, 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 come. Listen. You have to pray so that this and this and this. There's an anka. Anka. What? Anchor. Hey. In my church, every Sunday we collect the blessing for the week before. Yeah. I said, ah, how can the children who are in Accra be collecting this blessing every day? Then we who are in Kumasi, it's our fault that we are here. No, 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 it's not our fault. By the grace of God, uh, Dougie Wardmillsvideos.org is there. Upload the thing from what? Uh, communion. And now, stand to your feet and receive your, lift up your hands and receive your blessing. Hey! It's working! It's working for us. Oh, you are escaping exemptions, deliverances, and you have separated yourself. Said that, oh, me, dear. I have to talk to some people because I'm not understanding what you are doing. Small anointing, I went home. We say, hey, I'm also called. Are you there? It's a camp. Me, I'm just sharing with you what will help you. 
be opposed but you will still go forward you may be insulted but God will glorify you you may step into man but Jesus is cleansing you now from that man you may step into a hole and a trap but I declare by the power of the blood of the Lamb, you are delivered from anything that has tied you down. Receive deliverance in Jesus' name. Whatever is holding your right leg from moving, from movement, from moving ahead, moving from old problems and old issues, I cut it off today in the name of Jesus. I see a mighty pair of scissors cutting all strings. Somebody here, you are afraid to take certain steps because if you take the steps, something is going to follow you. I cut it now in Jesus' name. All strings, all strings of shame, of disgrace, of sin, I cut them off from your life now in the name of You'll never be ashamed again till you die. Anyone who tries to shame you will experience a rebuke in the name of Jesus. Whatever shamefulness about you exists and records exist against you, let them be neutralized and wiped out in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Receive deliverance. Receive strength. Receive power. Receive the spirit of might. Let your enemies become like smoke in the air. And let them be blown away. Let your enemies become like the chaff of the wind. The Lord contend with those that contend against you. And grant you victory. In the name of Jesus Christ. From today. From today, yes. people will say about you, you are blessed. From today, yes. no one will feel sorry for you again in Jesus' name. Whatever makes somebody feel sad when they see you and feel pity, I declare that thing is plucked out of your life in the name of Jesus. Of your life, which is pitiful, and creates a sorry feeling in Jesus' name, I neutralize it. It will never work on you anymore. In the mighty name of Jesus, your dry season is over. Your dry season is over. Your dry season is over. Thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God, thank God. 
Ask your neighbor now. Who won't pay? Where I will pay? Yeah. Sit down. Amen. Are you blessed? Yeah. He is only calling you to bless you. Gather you. Do something. So make up your mind. It's my last time. You see, the first time you go, you'll take two people. The next time you go, you take six people. The next time you go, yeah, more and more. Hallelujah. So that's why I'm telling you that for me, it's the number that I look at. When he says, come, how many of us come? Let's go on. The number of people absent at each church service. We will come to that shortly because when we are doing the next topic. The number of people in the choir. The choir is the flower of your church or your center or whatever it is. So if the choir is some mobra or something, that's how the church will look. It does, it's, you see, the number is important. How they look is also, it's also important. You see that as every time we come up here, we call singers, then they come and they try to enter the wall. You see me go back there and say, come on. Yeah. It has a lot to do with how, how. Yeah. You look as if you're afraid. <laughs> so I said, draw a little closer. Let the people be able to see you. Amen. Also know the number of people on your campus. Every hostel, every ho ho homestel, every hall, how many people are there? It tells you a bit about your work. And remember that 25% of it is for us. Yeah. So it shows you that, hey, we can do something here. Amen. The number of people who give their lives to Christ. Every Sunday. So when you have your gathering service, people must give their lives to Christ. And if not, it's a sign that your church is barren. Barren means you're not giving birth. Remember, I told you that if you, know, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. I remember one time when I analyzed the data of my church some years ago and I discovered that even though the attendance was looking impressive, number of souls won every Sunday. Zello. Zello. Another Zello. One. Zello. Two. Zello. So I called the two leaders who I was working with in the church at the time. I called them. Lady Pastor Ernest and Pastor Sean, and I said, the church is barren. I will never forget the way they looked at me. It's like, this one, you're out of your mind. I mean, like, ah, but the church is okay. Look at the number. I said, no, 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 no. The truth is that it is barren. Barrenness, when we say a person is barren, is not based on the number of children you already have. It's based on your ability to deliver. Now, so a woman can have two children and then become barren. So barrenness is not the absence of children. It's the inability to give birth. Yeah. Uh, please, what I'm saying, is it true or it's not true? Yeah. When you say somebody is infertile, it, it may have happened after she's had a child or two. But she's barren now. So as I looked at it, I went into prayer about it. By the grace of God, there's no Sunday there's no Sunday when that campus is on or is off or no, by all means. Some people give this. So that's why you must you must accept the truth. I am barren. I have a center service, and people don't give their lives to Christ. This is barrenness. What do I do about barrenness? Go to the church planting book and look for the chapters on barrenness and find which one pertains to you. 
and cure yourself. You see why when you don't have the books and you don't you listen to the Father's voice, you have died yourself. Macarius has been there. We have given it at all kinds of prices. You still don't have. You don't know that there's a cure for your barrenness. Yeah. After praying, I went to take church planting. I opened those chapters. If you see my book, you will see underlined. I've written the, this is the one that's doing my church. Because there are different reasons for barrenness. For many of you, the reason for the barrenness is a lack of outreach. That thing you are calling outreach on Sunday, is visitation you have been doing. And some of you do visitation plus invitation. I'm inviting you to my church. Listen, preach the gospel to the person. When the person gives their life to Christ, his life to Christ, it's so much easier to invite them to your church the following Sunday. That is what is outreach. That is the gospel. Remember, I told you, we don't come and preach another gospel. You see that it's a bit easier to bring the person. So many times, the reason for the zero is that no soul has been brought. Everybody is just another, I mean, they have gone outside and won a different coat and come back. Or they traveled to Akimoda, came back, you know, with cassava. They are fried. Amen. The percentage of the people who were saved in that center it should be of interest to you. The number of new converts who are still in the church after two months. <laughs> Did you take care of them? Hey, the number of people who pay tithes. Wow. Wow. Center of Asia. How many of you pay tithes here? Let me see your hand. You pay tithes regularly. Not that you pay this month and then you don't pay for four months. You see that it could be better. It could be much better. Okay, let me put it, not in months. How many of you pay tithes on what you receive? So it doesn't matter when you receive it. Maybe, yeah, that's a bit better. Because sometimes your allowance may come. Maybe they've given you enough for two months. It doesn't come again. When you will receive, just pay the tithe on it. Hallelujah. 